What's up, everyone? I'm Michael Jewell, and welcome to a theater a greater than film, The Green Room. The show where we watch a piece of pop culture, probably like some Disney Plus type show, because that's really that's all that's happening right now, because that's all we do, because we're losers, and all we do is watch Disney Plus. I'm so sorry. Thank you, Mickey Mouse, for making my life happier. Uh, and then we will very unprofessionally critique it, and then improvise one scene that's so good you might pronounce yourself God of the Nine Realms. Believe me, as always, we will fail every single time. So, before we get started, allow me to introduce our lovely yes ander anderers ander anders the yes anderers for this season, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. She's back to talk about Loki, the wonderful Virginia Gabby. Hello. I'm so confused already, y'all. That's what? all I have to say. Wait, why are you confused? The show confuses me. Technology confuses me. It's all just, yeah. it's, it's hard. It's daunting. Yeah. It's but very hi. daunting. Technology's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Technology's super duper hard. Uh, and also... We have a man so unhinged. I'm terrified to talk back to him. And we don't even live on the same continent. The indomitable Chris Mead. Hello, Michael. Oh, what a joy to be back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, could you hear it? I mean, he's just fierce. He's like, he's just like ready to snap at any moment. Just, oh God, just don't say anything bad today, Virginia, because he'll find you. More things to worry about. Yes, yes. Technology, this show, and the insanely violent and terrifying Chris Mead all in one package. You don't have to be worried about me, either of you. You're such lovely people. I mean, why would you why would you have to worry? Scary. It's absolutely scary. <laughs> See what I mean? See what I'm saying? It's just ugh, terrifying. And today we're back to talk about the first two episodes of the latest Disney Plus show, Loki. So let's get into it. Let's talk about it. All right. So episode one, Glorious Purpose. A sh an episode, I well, let's do first impressions like we always used to. I'm a little rusty. See, we got to get back into it. So let's talk first impressions. Uh, episode one in particular, Chris, tell me your first thoughts on this show. I mean, I really like it. I will just say that. Straight out of the gate, I really like it. I do think it has a lot of trappings of my favourite ever television show. My favourite ever right. television show is Doctor Who, which yeah. is a show about an eccentric person with a British accent who isn't actually British, who travels in time and puts things right at the behest of a group of very distant, uh, super godlike beings that we very rarely see uh, that are that are there to guard the timeline. That is what Doctor Who is about and has wow. been about for the last 70 years. Um, so I do feel this is perhaps Marvel's take on my favourite show. Uh, and so I immediately loved it because of all of that stuff. <laughs> That's interesting. I'm not a Doctor Who... I'm not a Whoville, Whovian. 
No, what's the, is mm. it? Yeah, nice. Tubian. Okay, cool. I am not that. So that's an, that's an that's an interesting take. I didn't even think about it, but the, I know enough about that 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 show that it makes sense because you can definitely see there's the the parallels. Like, and he's kind of got the trench coat look, and he's got like you know, uh, that's interesting. That's cool. How do you feel about that? Watching this, do you feel kind of like, oh, come on, guys, like do do something new, or are you just happy that? this is a different sort of parallel take to that. Well, it's really interesting. Doctor Who has a BBC level budget, which means that yes. the entire season of a, a whole season of Doctor Who, 13 episodes, each one set in a different historical place or different time time or different spaceship or whatever. Um, that entire thing, I think the budget for it would be the same as creating the credit sequence on this show. <laughs> Yeah, got you. So it's sort of like, yeah, wow, yeah. <laughs> this is amazing what it could have been. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm a bit jealous, but I think some of the <laughs> some of the, the reason I love it so much is that can do attitude, everything made out of cotton wool and sticky back plastic. Um that's, that's part of the joy of it. And so no, yeah. I think it's something it's a different beast and I'm enjoying it for what it is anyway. And you know, I really like Tom Hiddleston. I think he's a great actor. I think the fact that he's been given being able to play different versions of Loki is such an interesting idea. Another mm-hmm. another Doctor Who idea, really, because there's different versions of the yeah, Doctor there's all, as there's well. Yeah, there's a bunch of Doctors, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, but this the fact that he's evil, that he is this person we can't trust, that yeah. probably at the end we're going to find out that the Loki that we think is the heroic Loki is probably not or something like that. You know, we can't trust any aspect of it i find that really interesting to put an anti-hero dead center of the narrative yeah virginia let let me ask you how hot is tom hiddleston (laughs) because i know you're kind of probably steamy when he gets naked in the beginning so my favorite tom so i really like the show so far um because mid-century aesthetic is like my dream. I love the like muted colors. I love 1950s and 60s, like funny curves, all that good yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah. A show I really like is The Prisoner. And um, and so I was like, ooh, like it's got some like mind bendy stuff. And maybe there'll be like mm-hmm. a big ball that flops around. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Yeah. One my favorite Tom Hiddleston so far was when he was on the airplane briefly in episode one yes. and he was being like D.B. Cooper, which was like a famous uh, actually Pacific Northwest incident where a guy jumped right. out of the plane and money flew everywhere and they never found him. So yeah. there was like a throwback to that. Anyway, so short hair, clean cut 1950s, greasy Tom Hiddleston, like kind of sexy sometimes. Um, Wait, so time out, pause for a second. You don't, you're not into lubricated Tom Hiddleston when it's just a little, <laughs> little too, it's got too much like hair gel going on yeah, and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not super into long hair, especially oh. when it does seem to have um, oils, just oils dripping <laughs> off of it. <laughs> <laughs> but he does at one point, I think this might be episode two, sorry. Um, he wears this really nice jacket. It's like an army green jacket that says mm-hmm. variant on it. Yeah, um, and he has got his collar popped. Yeah. That popped collar. That's it. That that that, that was uh, like, you're like, okay, Disney Plus. 
you've uh, you've gone R-rated on me for for those two moments. Um, all right, so but you did like it. We all like it. This is obviously the type of show that you want from Disney Plus. It's a it's a they're swinging for the fences again. Uh, they did that with WandaVision. They stopped with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I was also okay with. And Chris and I talked about that a bunch on our uh, the last podcast, uh, where it's like, I was fine with it. Just give me a little action every now and then, too. I'm okay with that. It doesn't all have to be mind-bendy stuff. But I'm happy that they're back to that, because that is what Loki's all about. And this whole aesthetic, the whole scene is so interesting from the get-go, from the first two seconds of the show. Uh, so let's get into the episode one. I absolutely adore any show movie anything that does like bureaucracy in the 50s throughout like time so like the hitchhiker's guide you know like this this show uh whenever there's just like you have to have like an old printer for everything or whatever that is i just oh i eat that up so i loved it what i really loved though was that this put us the audience on our heels and it put loki on his heels which i don't think Loki's ever really been on his heels in the MCU, aside from when he finally gets his butt whipped at the end of like Avengers or something. Usually he's always on his, yeah, or when he gets killed. Yeah. Either he's usually always on top of it somehow, or like one step ahead, maybe a half step ahead. I love that the the way that this show was designed really made all of us be like, what the F is going down? Uh, particularly when he gets like when he's on the line. <laughs> with having to grab a ticket and all that stuff. I really dug that. So I'm going to stop there. What are y'all thinking when we walk into the TVA world? I'm really, I love that aesthetic too. I think we all seem like we're, we're fans of it. It feels, it also feels quite Neil Gaiman to me. It feels a bit neverwhere and, uh, and um, good omens and stuff like that as well. Mm -hmm. This sort of like, it, it does seem like, British people gifted the world bureaucracy. <laughs> like you're welcome, uh, and it's and it's and it's you're welcome. Artful. Rest of the world, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm interested in is the Loki that walks into that world, though, because it's not the Loki that we've been following up until this right. point. It's it is a, a variant Loki. This is one that doesn't know much of what's happened um and we get into more of that in episode two but yeah i love the fact that the hero of this story is a mistake it's a version that shouldn't be and yeah. manages and for much of that for this first episode you know he's going to be erased by the end of it he only manages to sort of survive because he's useful because yeah. mobius sticks up for him uh, and i find that really interesting um yeah, that he's he. Yeah, and they, and that pays off in the second episode, right? Where he finds out all those things that happen. He hasn't grown at this point. He is he is the Loki that is just wanting to take over the world. He's the one, the yeah. event, the big bad of Avengers. Essentially, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Like in his mind, at this moment, he's just like he's the indomitable Chris Mead version <laughs> of bad guys, right? Like there is no. <laughs> There is no Thanos really at this point. There is no other like being that can even come close. Uh, and he only, in his mind, he only lost like out of an accident, basically. Like he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me, I got, give me round two up there and I'll take care of business. Um, I like that 
and I love Owen Wilson's character, but before I go into that, I'm going to get your thoughts, Virginia. Where, do you, where are you at right now when we when we kind of get into uh, 1950s, like, CIA building uh, uh, TVA? I love it. Um, the first episode obviously had a lot of, like, exposition and world building to do, and I thought it was still a very interesting episode, considering that's what yeah. they had to do. But I think this- they did really good. That's a good point. I think they really, like... For having to catch up, like get us back to, you know, 2018 Loki or whatever, you know, where he's about to be killed by Thanos, sort of that version that we all really knew. Like they did a good job of getting him there pretty quickly. So this way we can just get back into, you know, hey, that's the Loki we know kind of thing. Yeah. And for me, I almost immediately forget every Marvel movie, TV show. Like after I watch it, all that information is gone for me. And so it did help, like, I still am, like, super confused, but, like, (laughs) I've never felt so basic than when I watched, like, Marvel with people who love Marvel, (laughs) because I'm like, sorry, what is happening? Who are these people? And they're like, that was the dude who was in the thing. And I was like, I I don't know. Um, (laughs) So... So at first, I just didn't really understand that there were like multiples. I don't, anyway, the the uh, clip show that they showed us <laughs> helped me <laughs> to understand. Yeah, that recap, that, like like the recap show that they put into the show. Yeah. Yes, it's it's uh, it's good for us folks who aren't quite familiar, which is I think something Marvel does pretty well. It does. It can still be watched by someone who doesn't know the nuances or the story or like the histories or, or things like that. Yeah. Um, because I still enjoy those things, even though like I'm like, I don't remember that movie. <laughs> I think I saw right. it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Has Virginia opened the door then to us talking about the Marvel theory of time travel? Because I think it's very important that we establish <laughs> the rules to this. Because yep. I get very angry if any intellectual See? property Watch establishes the rules of time travel and then ignores those rules immediately. I'm like, you made up the rules, so just do them. Do and them. Um, right, and I feel it. like Endgame didn't do that. and But I think this helps with that. But I'll right, go into here, that how if you're interested. How does it clear it up for you, Chris? Okay. So in the last two Avengers movies... They yeah. talk about how time travel works in the Marvel Universe. And they say that if you go back in time and you change something, it doesn't destroy your future. You just create an alternative timeline from the point of that mm-hmm. uh, that goes out. And if you go back forwards in time, you go along that branch. But it doesn't mean that the world that you left behind disappears. And right. this TV series takes that and says, right, but every single one of those branches need to be pruned away. There is one sacred timeline that is the main branch and everything yeah. else, all these offshoots need to be burnt to the ground, right? That's sort yeah. of the yeah. overall idea of the series. <laughs> but when Captain America goes back for the final time in the Avengers films, he changes history because he doesn't go back. He stays, stays right. with Peggy and lives his life. So by their own logic, when he gets back to the present, he shouldn't be an old man with the rest of the Avengers. He should have followed a new timeline. He shouldn't have got back to the present in order to give Sam the shield. He should have gone along the other branch. And so that angered me so much. But there is one line in this series that puts all that right. 
Wow, uh, okay. One of the TVA people goes, oh, no, the Avengers were meant to do that all along. Yeah. You know, so actually everything they did, they weren't changing history. That was always meant to happen. There were always two Captain Americas at every point. There was no change yeah. to that. Um, and I just, that just, for me, who was, as you can hear, very angry about the fact that they set up their own rules and broke them immediately. I'm so glad that they said that and put it right. So... That helps me because I actually have a note that says every time I watch a, t- a movie with time stuff, I'm confused. And if it's because they're not. <laughs> so your note, like, so you're watching this show and you're like, oh, that's cool. Loki's got a, you know, he's got a new outfit. Uh, you're, and then also, you're also like every saying to yourself as a note, you wrote to yourself. Every time me, Virginia, Gabby, watches a time-traveling show, I get confused. Yeah, no. That is the best note ever you could ever take. Because, <laughs> okay. well, that's a, sometimes with, like, time-traveling stuff, um, you have to pay a lot of attention to, like... Right. And as some of my friends might know, I'm not a great listener. Um, <laughs> visuals are great. If it's... When they give me the cartoon and like the animation, I'll follow it. But if I if I just I have right. to hear it, it's not happening. I'm a I'm a visual learner. Um, but yeah, so but that helps me. Chris has validated me in that if they're not always following their rules that I have watched a cartoon about, I will be confused. Yes, yeah, and they had to clean that up. You're absolutely right. There was a, I think there was a little bit of work. Like, so obviously this show, uh, for those in the know, it's setting up like the whole, there's like a multiverse of madness thing that's coming out. And there's like Spider-Man's new movie is going to be potentially about uh, like multiverse stuff. So this is like having to do a lot of the, the legwork on top of just making a fun show for Loki, but it has to do a lot of the legwork of like cleaning up like Endgame and other things that have happened before Endgame and like what's coming next. Uh, and I think that's what I was saying. Like, I think they did a really good job with the Miss Minutes like thing and all of the sort of like visual explanation of the timeline and seeing them uh, like as like a ticker, like a Wall Street sort of ticker of time that goes around. I think they're doing a lot of the legwork to do that uh, and they're doing it pretty well so far. Um because they're going to also, I feel like we're going to really see how, uh, like, this, I think this phase of Marvel is going to be the, like, you know, like, take the cards and throw them all in the air. Like, the fuck it up phase, where they're just going <laughs> to completely destroy everything that's happening or that's happened to sort of, like, give us this new stuff without having to be tethered so much to the past 10 years of movies. Um, and I'm liking it so far. Uh, I got a question for you, <clears throat> Virginia, specifically. Uh, never you, Chris. Uh, what <laughs> oh, is? <laughs> just, just shut your shut your mouth. Uh, what other versions of Loki do you want to see? So we've got DB Cooper. Like, what other like menacing things or things that would fuck up like timelines, like the stories that you see? through history who else is is loki gonna be like is he gonna end up being like um shakespeare 
is he gonna end up being you know what I mean like I might who, who's in, your other go-to I don't know about like specific person but I think I could be into like late 70s early 80s Loki like maybe like slightly feathered hair disco Loki yeah again yeah. a large oh. collar yes are we talking like ABBA Loki like yeah, he's, Bee Gees. he's the fifth member of ABBA. yeah like Bee Gees <laughs> ABBA Loki <laughs> Um, and I'd Ooh. want him in platforms, like some platform boots. Um, yeah. And yes. and he's fucking shit up uh, in in the late seventies, which is maybe a little too late for disco. But uh, no, that's that's, that's okay. <laughs> that's prime pocket of of disco. But is he going to be other famous people? I think so. I think that they this they wouldn't do just him as DB Cooper without throwing in something else elsewhere. I don't know. What do you think, Chris? I mean, I, there's this very... There's a funny joke in Doctor Who fandom that every time there's any mysterious figure in the past, at some point someone's going to write them as the Doctor. Merlin is the Doctor, you know? Right. Every, yeah, yeah, every yeah. slightly mystical, wise figure. Rasputin is the Doctor. It was it, the Doctor. It, it, so I feel like it's going to be that, isn't it? It's going to be any... Any figure with a mystery attached to them and a thing that we, we still don't understand how it, it came about that way. Um, I think that's probably where they'll go with it. So like Edgar Allan Poe yeah, or something like that? Yeah, seems to be beyond their time. Leonardo da Vinci, that kind of thing. Anyone that, that doesn't seem to be of their time quite, that, that is advanced in some way. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I like it. So Oscar uh, Wilde. Steve Jobs with that <laughs> like Steve Jobs is Loki. Uh-oh. He could be. I like it. He was pretty Machiavellian if you if you read his autobiography. That's true. He was a bit mischievous to Would to Machiavelli put it be? Would it could it just be Could him? also be him, yes. Would that just be <laughs> that's like two on the nose. It's like, oh well, all right. You kind of wrote your own book then, Loki. Um okay. I wanna ask you. Chris, what are your thoughts on the fact that the Infinity Stones are paperweights? I mean, that's very funny, first of all, when <laughs> every the, the whole of the Marvel Cinematic Universe up to this point has revolved around it. And then just the most minor character in this TV series has a drawer full of them. Well, stop. Stop right there. The most minor case? I mean, it... Casey is the greatest character in the MCU. Period. Eugene Cordero, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you right there, Chris. I'm stopping you hardcore, and I'm stopping you right there. Eugene Cordero, aka Casey, the like uh, uh, administrative temp in the TVA, is the single greatest character in all of Marvel history. He doesn't know what a fish is. And it's the best. <laughs> like, oh, I love that. Like, I'll gut you like a fish. He's like, what's a fish? Uh, and then he gets so angry for the remainder of the show. Like, he doesn't understand what a fish is. Oh, I love Eugene Codero, first off. And I love Casey's character. I actually wrote, uh, we all love Casey, yes? Uh, we do. Uh, yeah, we do. We do. But I love that Casey has uh, infinity. Go ahead. So there's infinity stones in his drawer. Well, yeah, I just think that's so interesting, isn't it? It's a statement of intent. Like, we're done with this now. 
we've yes. got bigger fish to fry, even though uh, we don't fish? know what a fish is. Yeah. Uh, but it's a statement of intent, I think, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of back to what I was just saying, where it's like, they're they're just fucking up everything. Like this this show is wiping away anything you cared about in the past because otherwise they'll be tethered to that forever. Like like the Star Wars like kind of world where uh, even though the 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 first the the whatever this latest sequel ended up being terrible, like if they had to be tethered to every single thing that happened in Star Wars lore up to that point, they would never be able to tell their own story. <laughs> Because it'd be like there'd be somebody somewhere like, oh, actually, this was this didn't happen this way. There's a Karelian starship uh, base that actually exploded in 1993, you know, and you just be like so screwed. So taking this show and using it as this is the nexus point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Zero. Have you Gosh. have you heard about the quantum realm theory? Hit me. This is not my theory. I heard it on TikTok, but let me tell you about it anyway. (laughs) Go ahead. So we know the quantum realm from the Ant-Man part of the franchise. Correct. We know that time moves differently there because when Ant-Man was trapped there, it was like five minutes for him and it was five years for everyone else. And it was actually the way that the Avengers traveled through time. If you look at the Ant-Man and the Wasp, there was a moment in the quantum realm where you can see a city in the background of this swirling magical energy. There's a city there. The city could be the TVA, right? Um, No, it's the city is Chronopolis. It's potentially Chronopolis, which is Kang the Conqueror's home. Right. But Kang the Conqueror is one of the three time dudes, right? Yeah. The middle one. So I feel, I reckon the TVA is also uh, in the quantum realm. They're in there as well. I think that's pretty, pretty important. And can the Conqueror is going to be the bad guy in uh, Quantumania? Quantumania, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really interesting and cool. I reckon they are all tiny and they're all in... They're they're all very small when they're in the TVA. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that. So I'm so happy you brought that up because Virginia, go ahead and explain everything that Chris just said. There's some time, and there's a dude, and he's in the middle of something. Yes. And yeah. oh, but there's a nice city, kind of like in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah. In the distance. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. No, this is good. And Ant Man is Paul Rudd, and I really think he's hot. <laughs> and time yes. is differently for him because he doesn't age, does he? The actor it, does it, not. He's age. actually in the quantum realm in yeah. real life. Paul I think Rudd. when you make it real, then I understand. <laughs> uh, yeah, Paul so Rudd doesn't that is age. It. The quantum realm is wherever Paul Rudd is living that has kept him looking the exact same since 1993. Simultaneously, it's where Kang the Conqueror is, probably, and also the Time Variance Authority. Yeah, Time Variance Authority is the TVA. So you got Mm. it. You nailed it. Perfect. I would give that 150 out of 100 as far as its amazing (laughs) rendition of what we just talked about. I'm so happy to... Uh, because it is, it, you can watch this show and be one of you two 
which is either really into it on a very deep, like sort of almost nerdy level, or, like, or it's fun. Like, look how fun that is. <laughs> you can either get really annoyed by it, or you can just have fun with it. Or you could be either right. of these two people and still uh, feel something for the show. I like that we talked about Paul Rudd in a show that will, has nothing to do with Paul Rudd. <laughs> He's so will, far away from the show. I will yeah. always talk about Paul Rudd. Always. That's a good <laughs> I will somehow loop it back. You get get Paul Rudd into anything we talk about. I uh, I think Paul Rudd should have been in this. Sh- I think he should be in any everything. <laughs> There's a theory that he is, by the way, because he's always like so tiny that he kind of like would be around doing weird stuff while everybody else is doing stuff. So Paul Rudd right now, he's in our hearts. Literally. He's actually in this episode for a second, if you think about it, because he's the one who kicks the suitcase uh, in the very, very beginning. So technically he's in this episode. Uh, so Infinity Stones. <laughs> We're talking about the end of this episode because we got to get into the next episode. Where are we at by the end of this? How are we feeling about this episode? Like, so at the very end, we saw, he sort of, Loki sort of had like a, a come to Jesus moment, right? Like he sees his mom dead. He realizes that he is sort of, you know, maybe he's not as great as a trickster as he should be or could be or would have been. Uh, and he's sort of sad. I kind of like this version of Loki at the end. I think that they did a good job, again, getting us back to the modern day Loki with this moment. Uh, oh, you know who we haven't talked about, too? Mobius, E. Mobius, Owen Wilson. So let's talk about that, because I think that I think Owen Wilson, first off, killing it in this uh, this show so far. Love him. But I think he's more Loki than Loki is, if you will. He's more of a trickster almost. He's like more like of a of a like in your head kind of person than you think at first. So I'm going to stop there and tell me what you think about uh, Owen Wilson. I agree with you. I I know that you like us to make big predictions that are then completely oh, wrong later on. Here's my prediction. <laughs> okay. Everyone in this series is Loki. Everyone. Whoa. Loki, <laughs> every single character is a different version of Loki, cloaked in illusion. He's just essentially everyone playing with himself on a cosmic level over different timelines and dimensions and uh, uh, quantum levels. Everyone's wow. Loki. Yes. Whoa. That is the best wild prediction I've ever heard. And I kind of agree with it because he says in the show, he says, you know, I know what this is. This is all an illusion. Uh, and then like Mobius sort of laughs it off. Interesting. Yes. What do you, what do you think about that, Virginia? I like that. I mean, the show is called Loki. Full stop. So, yeah. yeah. We, should have, so. we should have seen that coming. Yeah, that's genius. <laughs> Not called Loki and Mobius, is it? It's called Loki. It's called Loki. Loki and his yeah. buddy Mo- Mobius. No, it's not. No, it isn't. There's no, it's not Loki and Ant-Man. It's not Loki <laughs> and uh, Paul Rudd. It's just Loki. That is a that is an amazing prediction. I'm kind of all in on this. And I'm going to segue that to episode two because we start seeing the the ramifications of multiple Lokis, right? So we've got, in episode two, they're in a Ren fair, which I love that it sets up like they're in the Renaissance, but it turns out to be just the Ren fair in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, 
And there's a there's a performer, Kate Berlant. You don't know who this person is, or maybe you do. I don't know, but she's an amazing comedian who has. I, I love that they keep throwing in like these like not underground but reasonably underground comedians, comedic actors uh, in there. And I love everything about the Ren Fair. I love the idea that there's a Ren Fair. I love that they're drinking red Solo cups, uh, even out of red Solo cups, even though they're in a Renaissance fair. Uh, what? Chris, what are your thoughts on a Renaissance fair? I'm You're glad British. you asked because I yeah. was able to go to a REM fair when I was studying improv in Chicago uh, yeah. in the summer of 2016. I hired a car and I drove out of the city of Chicago and found a REM fair because I was yeah. so excited about experiencing it. It's not something we have in the UK. And it's yeah, really, really good really because everyone at the REM fair is trying to do a British accent all the time everyone if you buy some bread they will try and sell it to you in a british accent uh it like it's so funny to be the only one with the authentic accent when everyone's like oh hello there how are you today it's oh amazing i'm like getting like uh you know embarrassed for like no my friend it is the most incredible thing i loved it so much i loved the turkey legs i love the funnel cakes (laughs) the whole thing everything you're saying is blowing my mind everything you're saying is blowing my mind because i'm like oh god yeah there wouldn't be turkey legs why were why are there any of these things (laughs) it's definitely what we think that you know like you could very obviously like what we think British people are, you know, or like whatever that is. Yeah, we had oh, nothing God. to do with the Renaissance at all, of course, as well. That's the other thing. Yeah. Um, we, we were the Middle Ages just so eating each other still, basically. <laughs> uh, just the British accent is is oh is shorthand for sort of posh and maybe the, a bit medieval. I don't past. know. I don't know what it is. It's yeah, the, the shorthand past. for the past. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> anything in the past, it's just British. But yeah, um, I loved it. I love the experience. Um, uh, yeah, the whole day there, throwing axes, shooting crossbows. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I did, and it was <laughs> it was great. Also, lots of Doctor Who cosplayers, just people dressed up as a Doctor, running around, being like, "We're in the Renaissance," just playing their own game within the larger Renfair game. Which I was like, "These are my people. This is amazing." Um, oh, so, that's yeah. awesome. So for me, it was. Uh, be- yeah, because I had that experience. It was wonderful. I loved it. I loved seeing it. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really know about them before. I had done that about five years ago. But yeah, it was really, really cool. And I recognized that comedian. I didn't know her name, but I was like, I, she's brilliant. I love her. Could yeah, you tell me what she really... she's in? What would I have seen her in? Uh, you know, she's in a couple of like TV shows. I, I'm blanking on them right now, but no she's problem. in a few TV shows as like, B plot character, but I just follow her on Instagram and other things, and everything she does just always makes me cackle because she's next level wacky, which is like a bravery thing that I can't ever do. That I'm always so pumped when when I see certain performers do that. Um, anyway, yeah, Kate Berlant. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we could just Google it, but Kate Berlant, you're wonderful. I love you. Um, and I would definitely uh, go to a Renaissance fair with you, uh, uh, <laughs> Chris. Uh, Virginia, I want to ask you because, like, I want to get uh, what are your thoughts on Renaissance fairs? <laughs> Do you have the same experience? Did you just go the first time five years ago as well? 
I've never been to a Renaissance fair. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm like barely American, Um, (laughs) but it was funny because I actually did write. I went once really quick. I went once as just a very, you know, jacked black guy. Like I just went with a t-shirt and shorts and everybody looked at me like, dude, you did not try at all. Like I was just like a sweaty dude wearing like a polo shirt and and like khaki shorts. So I'm like walking around Uh, and I got more dirty stairs there than I've ever gotten like in Alabama, like in a, like in a, like, like I was like, whoa, all right, I, I will come correct next time. So sorry to all of you out there who I did uh, a disgrace by wearing like an Abercrombie and Fitch polo. Well, and there was your problem. I know it shouldn't have been. They're anti-Abercrombie. Um, <laughs> all Ren, all, all Ren participants. But I, <laughs> I actually had written, um, Chris. Do they even have these things in England? <laughs> because you actually have old shit. But I have to say, I went to like Warwick Castle once and they do some like fun jousty stuff. Yeah. Like that's kind of the same vibe. You just kind of watch some trebuchets or whatever they're called. Yes, trebuchets. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, I love that it's Warwick Castle. Just, I mean, out for nothing, my sister lives five minutes from Warwick Castle, so it's a, a place that I visited very often, which I think contributes to that idea that the UK is tiny and that everything is very yeah. neutral. Here's another one of those. I know Tom Hiddleston's cousin, first cousin. Oh, that's like, right. So it's sort of, and over, I'm, I'm going to just quickly, over the time we've all been in lockdown, he's got what I would call prison fit. You know, he's been he's been doing stuff every day and he's really become very chiseled and muscular. And he just lo- looks a lot more like his cousin now. I, d- I can see it now. I'm like, oh, yeah, you you are. You're the same. Wait, so so you Tom Hiddleston's cousin got jacked. Yeah, he, he's all. Oh, OK. And yeah, he, every day of the lockdown, he was just he's just he watched. Apparently he watched all of the MCU and just. Woods just on machines, uh, gym machine stuff the whole time. He just got really fit. Uh, and it just, Chris, his face has changed. He looks like Tom Hiddleston now. Name a, name a, name a gym, piece of gym equipment. Any, any piece uh, of gym The equipment. big bouncy ball thing that you fit on? <laughs> what's, the, what's the big bouncy ball thing? <laughs> yeah, a gym ball. Gym ball. Yeah. Gym ball. That's Good it. Gym yeah. Ball. yeah, I love a gym ball. You got classic gym ball. You ever go to the gym and say, hey, where's the gym ball at? I need a little gym ball. I love two gym balls. One gym ball in each hand. Yeah, great. Right, just, great. Just, <laughs> yeah. They're really just good. I really enjoy uh, it. That is my uh, number one gym ball thing. <laughs> I love when you can do it with a serious face, too. I have no ability to say anything with a serious face. I love it. Um... So we should probably talk more about this show real quick. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just, just if you want to, it's all good. I was getting, <laughs> I was getting big time like Hannibal. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, Hannibal or um, Mindhunter vibes from this episode, which I liked a lot. First off, the look of it was very Mindhuntery. It was very like, like you were talking about Virginia, very muted color. Like the color palette was really muted. Brown. Everything's brown. brown, Which is the 50s, right? The 1950s, everything is brown. The only thing that wasn't brown in the 1950s was black people. 
we're because they weren't allowed to be in the 1950s. So the only, that was the only non-brown thing in all of the 50s. Um, but yeah, it was. I but I liked it. It kind of gave me this this potentially scary vibe, which kind of capped off with this Loki variant kicking the crap out of everybody by like mind controlling that one uh, that one uh, TVA agent to the best 80s song. There's only two 80s songs that are probably better than this. I'm not going to name the second, but the other one is Highway to the Danger Zone. That's number one best 80s song ever. This one, I Need a Hero, is probably number two. And I'm not going to say what number three is. We'll save that for the audience to to, to guess. Uh, unless you have an idea, Chris, what would be the third uh, I'm so I'm so enchanted by your voice, Michael, that I can't think straight. I'm 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 all over tizzy now. Having I feel like I've been serenaded. It is lovely. Yeah. You, you have such a beautiful voice. I can't I can't answer any questions okay. at all for the moment. All right, that's all right. So Virginia, what's the third best eighty song? Oh, I don't like being asked on the spot about songs because I never know the names of the. I mean. Y'all. Give me a melody. Give me like a, give me like a, in your head, what is, like, you know, give me like know. a couple bars. Uh, maybe like the Talking Heads. Don't they do the like Psycho Killer, Keskese? That is a great <laughs> song. That is a great song that's, I don't consider in the 80s. So 80s pocket, in my mind, has to have like ridiculous guitar, you know, like the. Yeah. Isn't there one where he's saying something about cherries? Sweet cherry pie. Yes. There you go. Oh my god. Is that that's a uh, it's not Motley Crue. That's Or rat. pour some sugar on me. That yeah, that's a good one. Pour some sugar. Go ahead, Chris. What you got? I found one. I remember now. <laughs> Glory of Love from the Karate Kid. You You're know so that. Close. I am You're the so man close. who will fight for your honor. That one. Amazing. You are so very close. The correct answer is Power, Power of Love, Love. <laughs> by Huey Lewis and the News, the 80s Back to the Future song. That's the Power of Love. That is the third number three on the list. You were so close, though, Chris. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I, they did actually Back to the Future in the West End, London's West End. They are doing a Back to the Future oh, musical that's, right. that's coming out. And obviously, that will have all the Huey Lewis stuff in it as well. Johnny Be Good and and stuff. So yeah, we're all excited about that too. Uh, nothing really happens in London, so that's nice that uh, America has gifted us a bit of pop culture to to look at. Uh, we're we're super excited. Yo, we're all putting down our, our books of Hamlet and being like, oh, something new to watch, Ew. something that isn't Shakespeare. Excellent. Ma- Who is this Martin McFly person? <laughs> that is uh, amazing. Who does not have sex with his own mother. That'll be awkward. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to talk about this show, and we're going to do it in three, two, one. One of the things I did like about this uh, was that they put, like, the idea that you would put Loki in as in a cubicle, boringly reading paperwork and documents, uh, you know, all of it. It just, I love that whole aesthetic, that whole idea. We're putting him in a blue trench coat. I mean, in a brown trench coat, right? Like, and this is the guy who's always super flashy and always wears 
his luxurious Asgardian leather or whatever, whatever he was saying uh, to the fact that he has to sit there and read, you know, talk to a light, like uh, have to wait for a librarian to address him sort of deal. Like all of that. I just love the idea so much of this episode being sort of uh, putting Loki in his place. You know, he's, running around Owen Wilson like a little dog, you know, like, like, uh, oh, wait, 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 I have another idea. I have, you know, all of it was so great to be the subservient Loki that we have never seen before. Even when he loses, which he's always preordained and predestined to, he's never quite this, like, beaten down. And I really, I, I like, dug that whole thing. And Tom Hiddleston played that up perfectly as well. I, I will say that Loki calls himself a god we're never really sure what Asgardians are in the canon of the Marvel Universe. It seems like gods are just really powerful other races, you know. It, this idea that science, if it's sufficiently advanced, is indistinguishable from magic. That anything mm-hmm. is magic until you can understand it. And in that way, anyone is a god until you realize how they do the things that they do. Right. Uh, so I don't I don't know whether Loki is really a god. I think he's just a member of a super advanced race that essentially made the human race their bitch. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like that's what that is. But of course, there's something delicious about making a god do paperwork. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a cool idea. It's funny and it's done like who, really well here. Who doesn't want that, right? Like who doesn't want to put a god in their place, a god in their place? Uh, I love that. Um, got a better question for you. Another question for you. The jet ski. <laughs> is, the jet, is the jet ski indeed the pinnacle of invention that is as infallible as Dolly Parton is or as you know like you can it's inarguably the greatest thing in the world at per mobius that's what he says what do you think virginia you think the jet ski is the ultimate invention this is why i think we're gonna get some fun 80s stuff because he mentions about it being like 19 you know best invention of the 80s um yeah. i think they're death traps is what they are <laughs> wait what <laughs> jet skis Oh, people get drunk and they, they're like, oh, but I'll just fall in the water. But you're falling at the water at like 75 miles an hour. <laughs> Not safe. Not safe for anyone. Wow. I was I was sure that the jet ski was going to be a winner as far as an invention. Chris, do you feel the same way? I've never been on jet ski. I'd quite like to. I will say that we are 500% going to get a jet ski chase at some point in these six episodes (laughs) i'm sure you're all aware of the concept of chekhov's jet ski chekhov said uh the russian playwright said that if you put a jet ski mounted on the Mm -hmm. wall in the first in act one then you will be you will be uh, i think we talked about this last time Uh, yeah (laughs) there's going to be a jet ski in it at some point i would be very surprised if there is no jet ski, is this a failure of a TV show? As far as yeah, a jet ski, structurally, it yeah, doesn't I think so. work. It doesn't. I work. agree. It does, doesn't work. It's just bad writing. We have to chalk this... it up to bad writing at that point. <laughs> this show would be a poorly written show if said jet ski chase does not occur at some point. I yes. totally agree. I mark that down. 
just just everybody make sure we know this. The audience will know. Come at end of episode six, if we don't see a jet ski, then this show is just a piece of trash and should be and written off. And I'll go further, Michael. I'll go further. Yes. That jet ski is going to turn out to be Loki. <laughs> yes. Because the, the show is called Loki. It is. The show is called Loki. You're so right. It is. It's called Loki. The Chekhov's title card is... <laughs> <laughs> if a show is called the thing... It has everything in it has to be. <laughs> the thing. Also, we'll go back, back and we'll find out that Chekhov was also Loki. Loki writes that wow. so that we know oh. that. Yeah. I think Meta. that Loki did this like metaphor salad um, bit that was oh, yes. entertaining in the canteen. Uh, I think the salad is also Loki. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's gross. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good I little bit like, of slapstick. Uh, what is, did you think yeah. of that, Virginia? The whole the whole metaphor thing, because again, that's I like that a bunch. Because this to me it was like Loki being torn down a bit, right? Like he's so manic now and so out of his element that he's can't even put together like a good metaphor for for whatever it is, and he's usually always spot on. Uh, so yeah, what did what are, what are you gathering from this episode, Virginia? I. Uh, well, I was excited that the action like ramped up in this one, like things Ooh. happened because I was mm-hmm. like, if it's more of a clip show, oof. Um, <laughs> but I do think he's a little unhinged and I do like his like manic energy because it's like as soon as he gets a little like bloop, he's like, oh shit. And he gets kind of wacky. I love wacky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I did, I don't know if we're there yet, but when they went to like the Walmart um yeah and everything that happened there i thoroughly enjoyed yeah let's talk about, let's talk about um i love them getting to the walmart and like figuring yeah. out there's some yeah <laughs> there's something to do with like catastrophes and they're going to places where there's catastrophes right that's a thing that's happening uh-huh okay there's no <laughs> there's definitely a catastrophe happening Right. Uh, no, it's like, uh, yeah, there's definitely, so to really quickly explain that, I think Loki in his, his manicness to fit to, to, to like be valuable again, because he's starting to feel <clears throat> like a, like a wasted cog figures out that the other Loki could potentially be hiding within, uh, like natural disasters, because they are always like they kind of a natural disaster wipes out everything, hence not leaving a trace of their own manipulation of the timeline. Yeah. So that's what he's figured out, and then they get to this rocks rocks cart, which is a, a, a Walmart. Like you said, it's Walmart. Yeah, it's Walmart. Well, I was happy. I understood what was happening, <laughs> Me too. Uh, and also. That just made me happy because then when they got to the rocks cart, uh, I love the horror vibe with the like lights and they're kind of Mm -hmm. flickering. And there's these randos who just keep like, why are you shopping during a hurricane? Why are you? And then you find out why there's these weirdos like kind of milling about. Um, And it was fun. I even liked the fighty stuff because they were taking like Roombas and like throwing Roombas at people. (laughs) That was fun. Future Roombas. Um, well, let me ask you this. This is the, this is the, I think this is the big thing. 
what do you what did you think when you saw Lady Loki? My initial thought was, am I supposed to know her? Because anytime yeah. a person pops up, I go, ooh, shoot, I don't know that person. And it's a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. So am I supposed to know who she is? No. You, Lady, <laughs> Lady Loki has never been mentioned within the MCU. So unless you're reading... Uh, a bunch of comic books, you're not going to really know that like, like who Lady Loki is, but you don't need to. I like, I just like the idea that there's like late, you know, there's if in this variant world, there's a Loki somewhere that's Lady Loki. There's probably like a kid Loki. Maybe there's, you know, like, um, jet ski Loki. Jet ski Loki. Oh yeah. Course. Jet ski Loki for sure. Because he's got those big horns, hasn't he, on his helmet. So you just hold them, put them in the water, <laughs> climb on his back, and then Ooh, off you go. <laughs> wait a minute. Oh, I love it. So the helmet converts into a jet ski. Yeah, the handlebars part. And, yeah. and then you can enjoy like guide him. You're holding onto it. You've got the helmet part in between your legs, I'm assuming? Yeah, you're sort of on his shoulders or something, and then you just turn him with the horns. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're on Loki's shoulders. <laughs> I think so. I've never uh, seen so a jet ski. You don't know. <laughs> clearly, you don't know what a jet ski is. Uh, so you'd like, so you like Lady Loki then? No, or we? Yeah, I thought so. I love that Lady Loki's badass. Clearly, more badass. I love the whole thread too. That this Loki is kind of like our Loki, the Loki we love, is kind of a mope, right? Like as far as Lokis go. He, <laughs> He's not even like that badass of a Loki in his own, you know. Can we call timeline. him Mopey from now on? Mopey, 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 <laughs> Mopey Loki. Yeah, Mopey, Mopey is not even great. He's not even the best Loki, which is so great for us because you know that that's gonna that's got to be like a you know digging at at him the whole time. Uh, yeah, and we get Lady Loki, who I think is amazing and beautiful. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I'm really excited about Lady Loki being in it. I think it's really interesting because in the comics, Loki is gender fluid. Mm-hmm. They spend a huge amount of time as a woman. That there's a whole sort of almost there's a long time where Loki is as a woman, and and the fact. This is a slight cheat. It's making Lady Loki a variant. Obviously, what would yeah. have been the much stronger choice was to make the main MCU Loki gender fluid. I think that would have been amazing. But probably Tom Hiddleston was like, no, I want to play this part. It's fun. Um, so I understand why they do that. But as you said, this opens the door to Kid Loki. And yeah. I think one of the greatest stories Marvel ever told, Journey into Mystery, which is about Loki turning himself into a child and this child being this really wonderful character that's full of innocence who starts to put right all the malevolence that his adult self had done only to find that he himself is a trick played by the he's he's fooled himself and so after following this character for 20 30 issues falling in love with him seeing him really grow as a character and find redemption we find out at the end that he is just a trick on himself he does he's not aware that he's a trick and that and then he is unmade and it is one of the most heartbreaking beautiful bits of writing i have ever seen and i don't mean just in comics i mean anywhere it is brilliantly brilliantly done and so heartbreaking wow and you know that that brings to mind in this show. There's that moment where he like explains the difference between 
like controlling another person and then becoming like a duplicate. Yes. And I wonder if that, because what you just said sounds like that's something that's going to happen. There's going to be a duplicate. Maybe, the, maybe this Loki is the duplicate and we don't even know. And like this Loki it experiences all these things and then gets wiped away. And you're, and that Loki is like, but I became like a sentient Loki. And yes. there's a good chance yeah. he'll become a hero and the person that he was always meant to be, and then it turns out that he, and then he just never dis- was. He just yeah. disappears, and the real Loki's like sassy. Uh, yeah, yeah, is in the back. Ooh, I like this a lot. Wild prediction number three, uh, Virginia. You've got to come up with a wild prediction like right now because Chris is up three to three to nothing. My prediction is that I'm Loki, and when I go to therapy <laughs> this week, I'm going to have to talk about it. That would be I'm amazing. Starting to wonder. Excellent, 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 excellent. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving it right there. We're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do our rankings for both episode one and episode two. Give me uh, Virginia. Give me your rankings for both. You can break it up if you want, but I want to know what you're thinking so far, Loki. This this show. I give Loki. Four of those cute animated clocks that bounced around his oh, desk. Oh, Miss Minutes. Um, I love that. It was like a, a sun-kissed little thing. I'll give, I'll give a four, four out of five of, of four those. Four out of five? Four Miss Minutes out of five Miss Minutes. Miss Minutes out of five. I only docked one because I could have used probably one more animation to explain things for me. <laughs> Because I had the clock, I had the waiting room animation. I could probably use one more. Um, and that's the only doc. I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Chris, what are you thinking? Rankings time. Oh, we didn't do our ranking song. We got to oh, do a ranking Oh, well, yeah. another time. <laughs> no, we'll just have to do it right now. All right, Chris, here we go. I'm going to give you a beat. And you're going to give me the ranking song for episodes one and two of this <laughs> of this show. Here we go. Uh, we gotta go. I'm gonna rate tonight. R A T E Loki. <laughs> Perfect. Go ahead. What do you got? <laughs> Give me your rankings. R A T E Loki. Look at you. Um, uh, you're not gonna believe me, but I was absolutely going to say exactly what Virginia said. I was going to use the same ranking system i was going to use miss minutes as mine and i was going to give it four out of five i know there's no way i can i can make you believe that but i was absolutely going to do that exact thing (laughs) me me and chris are on the same page yes i love it literally two lokis i feel validated (laughs) uh all right so my ranking i give the (laughs) i give this show uh seven confused mongolian desert people out <laughs> of seven out of seven confused mongolian de- uh desert people because i love this show so far i think it's pretty darn good i can't find a fault in it and i i, I really can't not I yet really, i really don't want to let go that you said desert people the first time <laughs> i so, was wondering where that dessert came in. Oh, it's delicious. You haven't seen it? Oh, it's so good. It's uh, it's a little sandy, but it's still tasty. Uh, yeah, seven Mongolian dessert people. 
I'm sticking with it. I'm, I'm, sticking, I'm not giving up on it. Um, all right. When we come back, when we return, we shall do a scene based on everything we talked about, which I'm sure we all remember everything we said, and we've been writing everything down this whole time. Uh, so stick around. Don't go anywhere. And we'll be right back. We cut to the fishmonger stand at the Missouri State Renaissance Fair. All right there, you look like a beautiful couple, the two of you. Would you like some fish of any kind? I got me a load of different kinds of fish. I'm British, by the way. Super British. Oh, Hello. chimchimini. Hello there. I'm also British. I'm from uh, Northern British. You do sound Northern British, yes. Welcome to my humble fish stall. And you are? Oliver, Ollie, you can call me Ollie. I'm here. I will, I'll call you Ollie. And you, madam, what is your name? I'm also British. Yeah, I can hear it. Yeah, and my name is Pippa. (laughs) Pippa. Nice to meet you, Pippa and Ollie. Would you like to partake of my fish banquet? What is a fish? <laughs> Can you explain to me? I'm new to ink. I'm new to the Renaissance Fair, and I'm curious. What is a fish? I was going yeah. to ask what a fish was too. Oh, Pippa! Well, strike me down if it isn't a weird thing that I found two people who don't know what a fish is. Well, my friends, my lovely customers, what a fish is, is it's kind of aquatic rabbit. Oh, I, I don't like rabbit. rabbit. Rabbit's not for me. It's quite well, gamey. It's quite, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is quite gamey. But it is the game of the sea, if you understand me. What? Oh, uh, uh, water polo? <laughs> I would love a game of water polo at some point, but at the moment I'm trying to sell you my wares. Do, do you know where we could buy a jet ski? Now, do now, that, now that is the game of the sea, if I've ever heard one. <laughs> jet skis. Yeah, actually, I mean, obviously we are in the Renaissance period Nod, nod, wink, wink. Wink. But you can go over there and try our ye olde jet skis. I'm going to open this Pepsi can, even though we're in the Renaissance. I don't know exactly where I would ride a jet ski in Missouri, but I'm interested in these fish things you've mentioned. I've lost my accent because I'm really from England. Absolutely. Obviously. I would lose my accent too, but I am paid to be here. You are just visiting, so you can use, lose your accent. Would you like me to take you through the kinds of fish that are on my stall? Oh, yes, please. I am, uh, have worked here for many years myself, so I've not lost my accent. That's I've... good, and it is an amazing accent. Amazing yes. accent. Uh, from yes. the northern part of Brits in which can I just ask before I go through the fish what part of northern Britain are you from I'd, ra- I'd rather you not I'd rather you not ask me that no but... I insist I All insist right. I am from Northamptonshire 
North, North, North Northamptonshire. Northamptonshire. That is Northamptonshire. Uh, I mean, yes. it's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what? that is. I mean, that's more Midlands, but yes, that is absolutely true. That is Worcestershire. Yeah, um, you're all from all those. I, mean, I guess you're a citizen of the world uh, in some ways. All right, fishmonger, I've had enough of this. Can't tell me all of the fish types for me and Pippa. Right, yeah, okay. Well, we've got some clams, we've got some cod, we've got some crab, we've got some crayfish, we've got some cuttlefish, got some Dover sole down there, got some eels, got a flounder, got a gooseneck, got a barracuda. Uh, yeah, but some cod there, it some anchovies. It sounded there like you've read from a list of fish alphabetically. No, no, I mean, you would see me if I was doing that. How I'm standing here right true. in front of you, aren't That's I? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I do understand that everything I said started with A, B, or C in the alphabet. <laughs> so impressive. I can see why you thought that, but that's not true oh, at all. Oh, 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 excuse me. I have a question. Yeah, uh, yeah Pippa. What, does, what makes it a fish? If a clam's a fish and a, a piranha's a fish. Yeah, I didn't mention piranha, but that is amazing that you also know that is a fish. I did not know that fish minutes ago. You've guessed one. Perfectly. Oh, I'm so smart. <laughs> Here are the things that make a fish a fish. Number one, googly eyes. Number two, fins. Number three, scales. Number four, gills. Number five, a putrid smell. Ooh. Now that's accurate to the Renaissance, am I right? Everything's, everything's putrid here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Half a thousand of one, two, six of another, as we say. As we always say. We always say. England. Yeah. From from where we are from. Where are you from, sir? Where am I from? Yes. I am from the south of England. Yep. I'm from Kent, uh, specifically from Whitstable. That sounds actually real. (laughs) Impressive. Wow. It's a fishing town as well. Uh, we we specialise in whelks, mussels, w- and winkles. Whelks, <laughs> mussels, mussels. Oh, you hold on there. It's... Are you pulling my leg with winkles? No, it is an actual thing. Seafood. It's a kind of seafood. <laughs> winkles. I can't say. Would you like to you're... try a winkle? It's... I've got a fresh plate here. Oh, all right. Take the winkle. Oh, this is... Take the winkle. I'll eat one. Yeah, co- I'll come eat on, one. Ollie. Eat a winkle. All right. Pepper, let's split split a winkle, you and I. All right. On the count, I'm so excited the... for you to see this for the first time. Sorry, Pippa. Over to you. Uh, right. On the count We're of three. We're going to put it in our mouths. Yep. Okay. On three. Here we go. One. One. Two. Two. Three. Three. Oh, taste the explosion oh. there. Oh, delicious. I'm uh, going to wash this down with some Pepsi from the, from the Renaissance. Mm. Let me ask you another question, Fishmonger. Of course. I mean, my name's Rupert. <laughs> Rupert? No, oh. yep. All right. Well, listen here, Rupert. Uh, have you always wanted to be a fishmonger? Oh no, Governor! I never, I didn't ever want to be a fishmonger when I was just a wee nipper. It's just where I ended up. I wanted to be something much more interesting than that. What? 
What, what could be more interesting than a fishmonger? I wanted to guard the sacred timeline from all people who wished to harm it. And that, that brought you here to Missouri? Oh, sorry, sorry. That brought you here to Missouri? Yeah. Yeah, I, I went chasing a dream and found a bucket of Wilkes. Oh, isn't that the oldest story in the in all of the books? It's Which. the oldest story in Christendom. Yes. <laughs> the the story of the sacred timeline that ends up being you here in the Renaissance Fair. Now, but it's so interesting, right? Because every single thing we do could change this timeline. If you ate a Winkle and you weren't meaning to eat a Winkle, that has created two separate realities. One where you eight winkles and one where you didn't and that could change the course of the universe it could make the earth spin on a different axis now fishmonger fishmonger yeah rupert yeah how do how does one know if they've eaten a winkle when they're not supposed to how do we know if an event has happened which has changed the course of history no specifically how does one know when they've eaten a winkle and they're not supposed to. I didn't ask you for all the big stuff. All right. Well, I was just saying, you know, if you're not supposed to have, then you'll notice that someone, so you'll start seeing people in the area that perhaps don't belong, that are perhaps pruning that branch. They might be wearing clothes that you don't understand. They might have technology that you've never seen before. They might be setting charges that will slowly wipe out all of your existence. That's what you're looking for, sir. I've noticed something. When we were, Pippa, when you and I were walking around the fair, there was all sorts of anachronistic things. Pepsi cans, for one, and other people were using cars. I I saw a T-89 calculator. Yes. And we said, what? What is this contraption, a calculator? A calculator? Ollie and uh, Pippa, I can't help but notice that underneath your garb, you have on some sort of military equipment. And uh, every now and then your accent sleep, uh, slips away. What? My, what? My Make accent? <laughs> are you telling me the rumours are true? Have I, have I done something wrong? Am I about to be pruned? Fuck. Fuck, fuck. All right. All right. I didn't want to... Damn oh it. We gotta, by the oh way, when God. we get back to base, we've got to work on our accents. Number uh, uh, BU39, because it's it's uh, it's not great. I'm so I'll sorry. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Nope, please nope, right. Make sure... Are you recording all of this, by the way? Uh, Captain, I've got us down for recording and a, a world-ending event. All right. right. Yes. No. That's good. That's good. Listen. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You've you've seen through our ruse. We were here. We're doing some research. (laughs) We don't know yet, but we believe a time event is going to happen here at this fishmonger stand today. That's going to change this universe inexorably. Rupert, I got to tell you, these fish aren't real. No, that's real. None of it's real. No. There is no such thing as a winkle. 
You mean me making up the 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 existence of Winkles was was in danger of destroying the timelines? Not only that, we all know there's no fucking place called Kent. That's not real, even a little bit. I just wanted it to be true. Yeah, I guess well, I just know wanted what? it. Oh. The only thing that's true is we need you to come with us. You yeah, want me that's to right. join you? You're going to be a sacred timeline watcher. The C- the STW. You're going to be part of the STW. Stew. Amazing. You're a stew now. Can I bring my bucket of eels with me? Of course not. Come on. Oh. Keep, your, keep your head in the game. We're trying to save the world, not eels. Delicious eels. By the way, Agent BU59, have you ever had an eel? Uh, no, I don't do eel. I don't do winkles. I don't eat food. I'm a robot. What, sir? That's fair. That's fair. Was That's that a fair. trick? What, you tricking me? It was a trick question. I like to always kind of make sure that we're on the same timeline path. You never know because it could happen. There can be a break at any moment. So you always have to kind of test yourself and test the people around you yeah. to make sure. Still don't Listen. eat food. No. Still don't. Good. Listen, Rupert, is it? Was it? Was that's it Rupert? right, sir. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Put a hat on it and call it Judy. It's just something Rupert. to say in Britain. <laughs> Rupert. Rupert, listen, that was adorable. I will give you that. That was pretty adorable. I need you to drop the accent, okay? I need you to get with the program. If you're going to be an agent, you can no longer pretend to be a fishmonger in a renaissance fair. You mean I have to use my real accent? Yes, you have to use your American accent. Oh, my God. Great. All right. Are you, <laughs> are you ready to save this sacred timeline? Are you ready to be a I, stew? I'm telling you, sir, I'm really, I just, it feels so good to be back in my normal accent again. Putting on that accent the whole time. God. Jeez. Well, you know what? Because you're doing so great, you can take the eels. Thank you, sir, and God bless America. All right, let's go. <laughs> open, Agent BU59, open up a portal. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Perfect. We're history. And seed. Oh, I just wanted to make sure that I, Chris, <laughs> did an American accent. It's really oh, wow. I'm, Are yeah. you all right? Are you going to be okay? I'm a vocal chameleon. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that. Oh, I missed it already. I'm so happy that we're back doing it. Uh, let's just let's just wrap this show up real quick. Uh, before we go, I want everybody here to say one thing about the Loki show. That's the Loki wild predictions. Outside of what you've already given us, Virginia, give me one last final thought slash wild prediction. Go. I predict that Loki is actually Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is Loki. And he's been pretending to be (laughs) Ant-Man. He's Loki pretending to be Ant-Man. But he's going to be Ant-Man pretending to be Loki. 
I just want Paul Rudd is what it. Yeah, you just want Paul Rudd. No, that's yeah. what that sounded like to me. It sounds like you just wanted Paul Rudd this whole time. Uh, Chris, give me final thoughts, wild predictions. Wrap yeah, it up. Quite hard. I've already given all my wild predictions, <laughs> so I'm just going to pull another one out of my ass. Um, here's, <laughs> here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I think. Um, do we? You know, Mobius's boss, lovely. Yeah. I, I can't remember uh, Gugu, the actor's name. Gugu Mbathu-Ra. She's amazing. She is amazing. I think yeah. she's too good. She is definitely evil. <laughs> I don't... Yes. She's, she's, been, she's like a really good boss. She believes in him. She's really encouraging. She gives good feedback. I don't believe that's the real character. I think she's evil. All right. I like it. I also think that there's like a, an interesting, like... Not love connection, but there's some interesting depth of connection between that character and Owen Wilson's character mm. that's clearly going to unfold. He's doing this like he's doing this very Owen Wilson-y, like flirtatious thing that he does, and I think it's going to come out. It's going to come to fruition at some point where there's that relationship is deeper than we know, uh, and I can't wait to find out how. Can we do one one final, uh, Michael? Can you do your Owen Wilson? Okay, yeah, uh, you got it. You ready? Uh, wow, yeah, that's really interesting perspective you got there. Wow, that's all I got. It's yeah, really good. I like it. That was that was uh, I I've never thrown that out. I've I've got to incorporate a an Owen Wilson into my. You know, it's it's uh it's really weird. Wow. <laughs> Chris, give me your Owen Wilson. You laughing at me? <laughs> wow oh <laughs> uh, how cool would it be to have like your own like almost catchphrase like no matter you know you say do owen wilson it's gonna be that that wow i believe all impressionists have a statement or a word or a collection a of, hook, yeah. of words that is their ramp up into their impression i think that's yeah that's kind of normal impressionist technique right yeah but it's sort of fun to like if if I was Owen Wilson, I'd be like, oh, that's uh, you know, kind of like a uh, like a badge of honor that you know you you're so recognizable via this one thing. Like you could just do this one thing, and you're kind of gonna know that it's Owen Wilson. That's fun yeah, for me. It is cool. I'd love to fun. have that. Yeah, I'd love to have like a thing that's like, oh, that's Michael Jewell. No matter what, that's and I don't have it, and it's just sad. And Every okay single it. time you've got yeah, that. Yeah, that would probably be it. It'd probably be just saying something loudly <laughs> as if it means something, <laughs> but it never does. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, guys, everybody, guys, gals, non-binary pals, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Also, please rate us where you can and share this with your friends stuck at home watching too much Disney Plus 2, just like us. We can't get enough of the Disney Plus Give us some money, please. Disney. You have plenty to spare. <laughs> Don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Theater Greater Than Film. Join our Facebook page, Theater Greater Than Film. It's all TGTF all day. Like, share, repost it. Get it on TikTok now. Apparently, Chris is all over this TikTok world. You know, uh, hashtag fr- FYP front page for your page. Put it on there. Retweet it. Share it. Post it on Facebook. Take it off of Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Get it the fuck off Twitter. Then put it on all of them all at the same time to help us with the algorithms. Uh, where can we find you, Chris? 
I am at Mr. Chris Mead with Mr. Being just MR on all social platforms, Michael. <laughs> I love you so much. And where can we find you, Virginia? I know you don't want to be found. Don't find me. I'll find you. <laughs> I will find you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't actually find uh, Virginia. I think she would be really mad about it <laughs> if you did. If you ever were like, hey, I heard you on this podcast. She'd be like, God damn it. Never talking to Michael again. <laughs> uh, that's it. We're going to say goodbye. Can we everybody say goodbye? We're going to say goodbye. And on three, two, one, go. Okay, bye. Bye, Jim.